We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, Mr. Davis, let's talk about the final bit of good news mm-hmm. that we heard today. And that is, speaking of the offensive line, that Notre Dame will have a new starting left tackle in the bowl game, which we knew, but not the left tackle that we thought. I mean, honestly, Sean, I just assumed, and, and apparently the uh, person who asked the question, I believe it was I believe it was Tim Priester asked the question. Mm-hmm. Tim had the same assumption that I had and that you had. We're just going to plug in the – Guys that were listed as backups all year in the bowl game, Tosh Baker, left tackle, Neil Wagner, right tackle. That's what I thought. We talked mm-hmm. about it on our shows. And then Coach Freeman was like, well, actually, <laughs> Charles Jagasaw is going to be starting a left tackle in the bowl game. Not because of any injury. He basically said, listen, we were moving guys around in the early part of, of, fall, of, of the bowl practices, and he just kind of established himself. And he talked about how much he'd grown sort of late in the year. Because the last time we saw Charles playing, which is in the last game Notre Dame played, he was playing guard. Mm-hmm. Last few times we saw him, he was playing guard. We didn't see him take a snap at offensive tackle. But apparently a little bit of the light bulb went off to the point where not only is he getting the first team reps at left tackle, they have moved Tosh Baker, who spent all years the backup left tackle, to right tackle to battle with Emil Wagner to see who's going to start in a bowl game. And so that was some very big news because it tells me two things, Sean, first and foremost. Number one, it tells me that Charles is a little bit ahead of schedule. And what I mean by that is between the injury that he suffered last year, which kept Mm -hmm. him from wrestling, kept him from enrolling early, kept him from being at spring practice and all that, kind of had him a little needed to get in shape in fall camp. Let's be honest. He's a big boy, but he was a, you know, looked like a 300 plus pounder that had, it was recovering from a knee injury. They just always get a little bit, a little bit softer in the, the middle part of their body. It's natural. It's not a criticism, you know. But he also is a guy that's kind of still raw. I mean, he he missed all of his sophomore season because of COVID. It was kind of raw as a junior right tackle, moved to left tackle as a senior, and really broke out. But it was just, the breakout had a lot to do with improved technique. But he still needed a lot of growth. So to see him in just one season with no spring ball. Come, I mean, and when I say no spring ball, it's not he was he was there and just couldn't practice. He wasn't even in school mm-hmm. during spring ball, and he lives in a part of Illinois 
where he can't just come to practice every morning for spring ball. Like if he was in Chicago or something like that, he could have been a lot of those spring practice, or at least been a lot of the meetings. He's from a part of Illinois where he couldn't be here a lot during the spring. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about a kid, that, an offensive lineman that did not have spring ball that has kind of stepped in as like, okay, he's the, he's the new left tackle over a guy that's a senior that the coaches that I've talked to and the people in the program I've talked to have raved about Tosh Baker the last two years. He was solid in the games he saw, but it wasn't like, okay, boy, that's the dude. There's a little bit of question mark there. That's the first thing it tells me. Charles has has, has started. The light has gone off a little bit sooner in this. Here's the second thing it tells me. This offensive staff, whoever's driving this decision, whether it's Coach Rudolph, Coach Parker, or Coach Freeman, all or all of them combined talking through it, whoever's making the decision, it tells me this coaching staff is willing to take a little bit of risk when it comes to elite players. Charles Jackson is an elite talent, but he's a very mm-hmm. raw, unproven elite talent. I think he played what? I'm going to look it up, Sean. I mean, a small handful of snaps this season. I think he played in like three games. Three games, yeah. I'm going to pull it up right now. So he's going to take a red shirt. But Charles Jagasaw this season, Sean, played in – it actually says one game, and he had five snaps. Now, I thought he played in two. I'm going to have to go back and look in that. But he didn't play a whole lot this season. Mm-hmm. And he stepped in, and they said it was a Stanford game. I could have swore he got into one of the earlier games. But I'll have to go back and watch and see for sure. But basically – it tells me they're willing to – because I've said this to you. I'll just be honest for you. I don't think that this is a move that Brian Kelly would have made. I don't know if this is a move the previous coaching staff would have made. Taking a guy like Charles and just saying, we're going to throw you in there. Now we're going to throw you in there. We're going to take the guy that was there that's experienced that has started games at left tackle mm-hmm. and move him to the other side because this is your job now as a true freshman. I don't know that we'd have seen that in a bowl game. I don't know if we would have seen that next fall, much less the yeah. bowl game. Yeah. So that kind of fired me up a little bit too, Sean. They they know there's going to be some growing pains in this bowl game with Charles. Oh, absolutely. But they're like, dude, we got to do it. This kid's this kid's the future, right? And yeah. um, you just kind of answered a question about who's going to be your left that your starting left tackle next year is no longer a question mark. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, and that's that's fantastic. That's just as big as not going into the spring with a quarterback battle, right? Like that gives your team to know, yo, this is the leader, this is the guy, and it's the same thing with that quarterback and that left tackle. Like this is the guy, your guy on the island. And look, I want see. I don't know about you, Brian. Some people they open up that video game for the first time, they play Madden, and they put it on the lowest level. Right, because they want to have success. Get right? used to the game, how to Me, play. I put it on all mat. Like I don't mind taking a if I take an L the first game, that's making me better. I don't mind playing on the toughest level level from the jump, and that's why I love. That's why I asked about the bookend pass rushes for Oregon State. I wanted to be tough for Charles Jagasaw his first time. I look. I think with Blake Fisher going down to Dope Campbell. And that atmosphere, that's, that's how you get welcome to college football. Those type of atmosphere and games, that's what's going to make you better in the long run. And this Thumbo is going to make Charles Dagasaw better in the long right. run. He's going to take a step from that game going into fall, spring camp, and then he's going to take another step going into fall camp. And who we see show up against Texas A&M, probably going to be a totally different. He's already massive. But now you give him another offseason to get healthier because that was one of the biggest concerns, his health coming off the injury. You get him healthier, give him stronger, shape his body. Now, six, seven, three, thirty, or what whatever right. he is, it's like, okay, now we're talking about we talked about this. Now the amount of weight on that left side next year and what they can do in the run game as they mature. What do you think? Now, we talked about this. The one thing that we can probably share, because we had the same sentiment. He played, we wondered if he could play left tackle at Notre Dame after his junior year. Watching Correct. His we were like, yo. You were like, Sean. That's why he wasn't a five-star for me. Honestly. Yeah. You yeah. were like, Sean, I don't know if he could play left tackle. I'm like, you know, BD, I, I, I see what you're saying. Right. I agree. And then all of a sudden, he puts in work over the summer. And he comes back for the senior season on a bad team, mind yeah. you. And he's dominating on both sides of the ball, showing an increased level of quickness, footwork, athleticism. Comfort. 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 Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, he can play left tackle with Notre Dame. Like, we see it now. And we expected that and had high expectations coming, and he just had a fallback because we wished that he was coming in early. But he wanted to defend his championship right. in the state of Illinois and wrestling at heavyweight. That's the only reason he stayed. And then he got. And then he hurt his knee. Then he hurts his right. knee. He still tries to enroll early, missed the Good. deadline, has a rehab on his own, right? Because of some funky rule or whatever, and really couldn't be locked in. Can you hear me, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can okay. Hear the picture froze. That's why. Yeah, I see your picture and, froze as well. And, um, yeah, he's locked in, 
and they moved him to guard. And I was saying, you know, I don't think the move to guard was really about him. I think it was like, yo, this might be the cricket's route to see. If no, it was him. about him, but in a positive way. In a positive way. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was, this kid's really good, and mm -hmm. right now there's this not a path, path to tackle for right. him in 2023. Right. That's exactly where I was headed. Like, in the quickest path for him to get on the field, if he shows us some things during the year as that guard, and then all of a sudden he's given the opportunity to go out and compete at tackle, and he, he locks right back in. It goes back right. to the words you just said. He's comfortable right. at that position. And that left tackle is kind of like cornerback in a sense. It's one of those positions where you're on an island. Right. More than likely against a really good athlete. And people usually notice you when you get beat. When you get beat, yes. Right. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see him go up against some really good competition. I believe in the talent. I believe in his size and his ability. And I'm, he he probably might have, what, three to five plays where he might Oh, he's going to have those minutes. Oh, yeah. he's going to have those moments. Yeah, he might get called for holding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But in the long run, yo, this is a great moment. This is a great moment for, you know, what his program, like you said, I don't think Brian Kelly elevates him above a touch base no, that's been so. in the program. Because when they when they put Blake Fisher and and then Joe Walt in their left tackle, it's kind of like they didn't really have a lot of other options. So while Sean kind of restarts his computer and gets back in, I want to talk about Charles as a player. So you know we've talked about the news: Notre Dame's moving Charles Jackson all to left tackle, starting him in a bowl game, which is huge. And you finally get your answer a little bit on on. You know, who is the left tackle going to be next season? Well, let's talk a little bit about why we're fired up about that. And I'll tell you, first and foremost, it, what I kind of – Sean and I were joking with before this afternoon because he when he was doing his show earlier, I tried calling him because I thought their show was over. And then he calls me back and after the show was over, and, and we were talking about the news and just kind of everything that's went on. And, you know, one thing I said to him was like, it's funny, you're, you've, got a, you've got a guy at left tackle this year that – was 6'8", 320 pounds, and you're probably going to go into the next season with a guy that's even bigger at left tackle. Now, Charles isn't as tall as Joe Walt, but he's long and he's he's thicker. You know, he is a natural 320-plus pounder. He was listed on the roster this year at 330. I could see maybe him losing 5'10 pounds maybe early on in the spring, just getting a little bit of that baby fat off and then putting it right back on in like really solid muscle next season but this is a large human being when we saw him in the spring or not in the spring and fall camp you're just like boy you can go back and listen to some of our our post-practice shows from the spring and you're like that's a dude that is an absolute behemoth at offensive tackle and and so you you start getting kind of excited about you know the kind of player he can be and and so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really fired up about that. I do need to kind of interrupt real quick. So I, Jason Smith, I I accidentally muted, like put you in timeout for five minutes. I was trying to put the guy ahead of you in timeout for five minutes. So Jason Smith, you didn't do anything wrong. That was me trying to do that while I was talking. So I, I apologize. You were not supposed to go on timeout there. Uh, so so my bad about that. Um, so I don't really like people speculating about who's going to transfer out. So I was trying to click the guy right ahead of you. So apologies on that, Jason. So when your five minutes is up, 
uh, please forgive me, buddy. You are not meant to be to be muted. So when John mentioned earlier about my thought process on Charles Jagasaw, when they first started recruiting him, I had him as a, he was a four-star top 100 kind of kid creeping up on that four-and-a-half-star top 50 range because you love the skill. You love the size. I mean, he was listed at 6'6". He was listed at 300, but you just kind of saw a guy that had a lot of ability, guy that had some length, guy that had some girth, comes in their name he's 330 but when you watch Charles play you're seeing a really physical kid you're seeing a really powerful kid you know you're seeing a guy that 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 likes to punish people he was just very raw he was just a guy that was still very much learning the position he was a guy that that didn't necessarily I mean like I said didn't know what he was capable of or kind of how to play the game as a junior he was really just getting by on just god-given ability and then when you go out and you watch him play as a senior, even though, as Sean talked about, he, he played on a, on a not very good football team, you know, the thing you liked about him was you saw a kid that could just dominate and you saw a kid that was much more comfortable on the edge. And so, you know, you talk about the traits that Charles brings to the table. He's big. He is physical. He's powerful. And that's the most obvious trait. And that's why we've said, you know, maybe he's a guy that ends up playing guard and is a starting guard because he could just be a Quentin Nelson type of just destructive guard that can move and, and dominate people. And that was kind of – honestly, I saw him as a right tackle guard when Notre Dame first recruited him and first landed him and like an elite, like big-time right tackle guard, but just not a left tackle, or at least I, I didn't I didn't know that he could be a left tackle. And so – he comes out as a senior, and and as Sean mentioned, he starts putting out these workout videos of him at at a at a he was getting some you know some personal instruction, starting to look more comfortable in pass pro, showing the foot quickness on the perimeter. He's also a pretty good high school defensive lineman, you know. But you saw a kid that could change direction. You saw a kid that had the nimble footwork at that size to really come out and, and handle himself on the edge. We didn't get a chance to see him do a lot of that in fall camp because they they were playing him at guard and tackling, moving him all over. But what you could see when he was in the game was a guy that was a pretty athletic kid and a guy that's, that's to me, a, a longer, more physical version of Blake Fisher that fits more naturally at that left tackle position. You know, he's athletic. He can move his feet. You know, he's a finisher. You know, he's a guy that even if he is a step too slow out of his stance or if a guy's just a little too quick for him, has that kind of length and punch to be able to recover and dominate. And and so as a senior, even though he still had a lot of technical work to do, he was a guy that you could just see utter dominance, just absolute dominance from him. And that's why we ranked him as a five-star. And, and look, if you – actually, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to actually pull up one of his senior highlights now because it was actually – it was really fun to watch. This is a kid that is just absolutely punishing. I mean, it's like pancake, 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 pancake. And it's um, uh, really fun to watch. You'll also see a lot of technical work that's needed, but you'll see a guy that's got really nice feet, a guy that has not very good footwork, but very nice feet. And that's obviously a positive that you want to see. The tools are all there. And you guys will see it watching this video. The tools are all there for him to be a phenomenal player. It's just about him needing to learn the technical parts. And so if he's ready to play in the bowl game, and again, I don't expect him to look like Joe Walt as a freshman in his first game, but it's the, the reps he's going to get 
from the from from this standpoint as far as just all the practice reps with the first team, the communication, the 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 pressure that comes with it. Then you talk about going into fall camp, kind of in that pole position at left tackle. Those are going to be invaluable reps for him. And the pressure of playing in a game is going to be invaluable for him. And then you're also talking about a guy with a with, that was an undefeated state champion wrestler. So he understands about, at his size, you can't do that unless you know how to get low. And so when he when his technique is right, he can play with really good pad level, which is very important. So as you're going to see here, if you're an offensive line coach sitting at home, you're probably like, boy, I'd fix that. I've got to fix that. He's got to correct that, get better at that. And you'd be absolutely right. But what's fun to watch is just the absolute dominance with the way that he plays the football game. And that's what that's what you see. You see a guy that is just absolutely dominant playing the football game. And so that's those are the things that we looked at when 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 Notre Dame was recruiting him is yeah, this kid needs work. At the time we're like, but he's going to be coached by Harry Eastan. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, that was that was probably one of my biggest regrets when coach Eastan left was like, man, I just had this vision of of Harry Eastan coaching up Joe J- Charles Jagasaw for 3-4 years. And just what that would mean, and Coach Rudolph's got to prove himself. But, man, he's working with a big ball of clay, man, a really big ball of clay that has a lot of talent, Sean. And so I just was kind of showing the folks why he ended up becoming a five-star kid for me, as you guys saw, almost every every – and that's the first four games. That's it. Yeah. That's just his first four games highlights. That's not even a full season highlights. Every other play is just pancake, pancake, pancake. <laughs> the kid's got loads and loads of potential. He is far – from a finished product. I just want to warn people of that in the bowl game. He is yeah. far from a finished product, but the tools are outstanding. And he's got a chance, if he puts in the work and he gets coached up properly, of being a very special player at Notre Dame. And I'm just excited that we're going to get our first chance to really see him. At and I remember writing a story about, and this didn't even come from him. This came from his mom. I was interviewing his mom, and I remember his mom saying, yo, I think the most impressive thing for me was watching my son in a, a, a multiple-hour film session with Harry Heastan on his visit. And just to watch how engaged he was with Coach Heastan and for me to sit back, and she was like, yo, it made me, because I know his aspirations of, like, this is a young man that wants to um, play in the NFL and then be an the front office executive. Like, he knows exactly what he wants to do. Like, he's locked in. He knows the path he wants to go. Exec and possible ownership. Like, that, that is where he wants to go. And for her to see in that moment and be impressed with how Coach Heastan was able to get him, because he's a very quiet kid. He's a very quiet kid to himself. Yeah. And to get it, that's why the family atmosphere was so important to him. And how the offensive line room moved together at Notre Dame. That was like one of the things that put Notre Dame over the top. Because that's Sean, I remember from a small community. I remember something that you had said when he was being recruited. You talked about how impressed he was with how well Coach Eastan coached the second team offensive mm-hmm. line. This mm-hmm. was like, dude, I'm gonna get coached no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it would seem, I don't know the overall job Coach Rudolph was doing, but it would seem like even though he wasn't a starter this year, that he was still getting coached up. And that's a that's a plus. Absolutely. But, yeah, you can get back to what you're saying, though. But, yes, no, about how he, he's, just a, he's a different kind of kid. Yeah, He's just a different kind of kid, man. And even though he is that quiet kid, you know, I don't know how Joe Alt is, but Joe Alt doesn't come across to me as the most vocal 
person on the offensive line. Like he just seems like a very even mannered individual, which you, which bodes well at left tackle because there's no high low. It's just yo, let's go out, workman, do the job, dominate. And Charles Jagasaw has that same demeanor. Like yo, no highs lows. I know the job, task at hand. Go out, dominate, and use this big six seven three thirty frame to to his ability and his full capability. So I just think the young man he is and the maturation we saw on the film that you showed that caused us to believe that he will eventually land here at left tackle. Like that was our expectation. Like oh, he's the future left tackle after Joe Alt. Like yeah, we see it. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. And there's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving... Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'd say for me, Sean, honestly, it was more of a hope than it was a, oh yeah, it's going to happen. Just because of how raw he was and the fact mm-hmm. that Coach Eastan was gone. So the fact that he's already kind of established that has yeah. has made me pretty fired up, to be honest with you. Now it's yeah. gonna be up to Coach Rudolph and Charles to both take it to that next level. But this, like I said, this this experience is gonna be invaluable. And now you start fast forwarding to 2024, Sean. Mm-hmm. And okay, you know who your left tackle is gonna be. That's he. You know who your center is gonna be. That's you huge. know who your right guard is going to be. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they're – you know who your left guard is going to be unless somebody else beats them out, which means, you know, you're even better. Right. And now your right tackle battle is now between two guys that you thought might be your starters at both left tackle, tackle spots yeah. next year yeah. with Tosh and Emil. And 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 then, of course, you're going to welcome in, in the next fall another guy who was not an early enrollee who is more advanced even than Charles was coming out of high school and Gearby Lambert. Mm-hmm. And you want to start getting excited about the future? Start thinking about the potential someday of Notre Dame having a starting lineup of six seven three thirty Charles Jagasaw left tackle, six <laughs> seven three fifteen Gearby Lambert at right guard at right tackle, six four three fifteen Billy Shrout at right guard, 
310-pound Ashton Craig at center, and 6'7", 335-pound Sullivan Abshur at left guard, or 6'4", 320-pound Sam Pendleton at left guard. Mm -hmm. You start getting excited about the future. That's a reason why right there. Yeah. Because the last class that Coach Eastam brought in, and you combine it with the class that Coach Rudolph was bringing in with Peter Jones and Anthony Knapp and Styles Prescott, yeah. With the, the class that Coach Heastan just signed with Jagasaw and Pendleton and Absher and Joe, o- pardon me, Joe Odding, Joe Odding, and then you know, you know, getting Billy Shrouth in the previous class, and, and heck, his, his hands were on Gerby Lambert, right? Emil Wagner, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Coach Heastan started. I mean, when Coach Heastan left, it was assumed that Notre Dame was going to get Gerby, mm-hmm. and and we talked about how that changed, and Coach Rudolph had to re-recruit him, and he did a great job doing so. But if Coach Heastan doesn't leave, you still have Styles Prescott. You still have Peter Jones. You still have Gearby Lambert. I mean, so the future is incredibly bright. But now, Sean, you really go into next season kind of feeling like I've got a pretty good idea of who four of my five starters are going to be. Mm-hmm. They've played at least one game together. The starting lineup will have a chance to have played one game together. And if a starter from the bowl game doesn't start next year, it's mm-hmm. most likely because somebody more talented beat him out. Right? So let's say Tosh Baker starts at right tackle in the bowl game. He may get beat out by Emil Wagner next year, mm-hmm. Gearby Lambert. But you know that that means that those guys really got better. And, you know, you, you start looking at it and, and saying, hey, man, this this is this group's got a chance to be really good next season. And then there's going to be competition. Rocco Spindler comes back. He's not going to just accept the backup job. He's going to say, okay, Billy or, 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 or Pat, one of the two coaches, let me compete with one of them. Put me one place and let me battle. Right. That's what you're going to see from Rocco next year, too. So you start getting excited, man, about and I was talking about the future a lot. I mean, even just next year, if it's Tosh or Emil at right tackle and Billy Shrout, the right guard and Craig at center and either Pat Coogan or, you know, maybe Rocco Spindler left guard. with gear, yeah. It's going to be young. They're going to have their ups and downs. But when they're on, they're going to be, gonna be on, really man. on. Woo. And that's what you start getting excited about. You really start getting excited. I'm so excited because I know. And I feel very confident that this offensive line, once they hit late October, November, watch out. Yeah. Watch out. This goes back to the schedule we talked about, Sean. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a get right schedule. Hey, I was on my first Twitter spaces last night, by the way. I've never been on one before. That was your first time? You see one. Yeah, I'd never been on one before. And the comment I made to them is like the way the schedule, it, it's like you got that big AM game. But then your next month is kind of a get right period for Notre Dame where you don't have, I mean, you could go out against Purdue and Northern Illinois, Miami, Ohio. They're all quality programs, but let's be real. You could maybe not be great up front and still win because you're just way more talented than they are. And then you've got Louisville will come to town in game five. We'll see what they are. They're going to look like next year. They're going to have a much different looking team next year. We'll see what they look like. And then after that, Stanford, who's not very good. And there's rumblings that Notre Dame's actually going to make the, the Army game a week zero game, which means you then have the Army game to get ready for AM and then so forth and so on. I don't know how much I love that because now you're back to playing like eight games without a, a bye. We'll see how that goes. But your eight-game stretch is a little different than this year because you won't have Ohio State in that eight-game stretch. You won't have this year's version of you know Duke and Louisville in that stretch on the road, your road games during that period of time will be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more manageable. You know, one of your, one of your road games will be the first game of the year as opposed to 
later in the year. But if if you talk about what it would look like if they put that as a week zero game, you would play three, four, five, six, seven. You'd play eight, nine games before you'd, or excuse me, you'd play six games before you'd have a bye. Then you'd have a bye between Louisville and Stan and, and and Stanford. So it's not as bad as it was this year. So it's going to be interesting, Sean. But the fact is, is to your point, if you can get to that AM game, you've got about a month of get right moments to kind of get this line going. And uh, you know, if Coach Rudolph is is who we hope he is, then the offensive line, to your point, by October, November has a chance to be pretty good. If he's not, then it'll just be this kind of group all year. That's what it'll be. And I did not like the job Coach Rudolph did this year, but I'm willing to give him sort of a let's see what he does in year two, much like we saw with Al Washington, who I did not think it did a good job in, his, in year one. He inherited a, a veteran group who had a great deal of respect for the coach that left, and I don't know if there was always the same buy-in. And then with Coach Rudolph, it's like, you know, yeah, we like you and respect you, but you're not Coach Eastand. Well, now you're going into year two. That's naturally going to change the dynamic a little bit. Can he have the same kind of year two jump that we saw from Al Washington and Al Golden this past season? That that's what we're going to find out. So, uh, it, but if he if he can be the guy that I hope he's going to be, then this line has because it's it's going to be young. They're going to have mistakes. They're going to be a little bit up and down. They're just going to be. But like you said, Sean, the the games where they're where they're, they are good, they're going to be really good. And and that's what you start getting excited about because they're going to be massive. It's going to be a big offensive line next year, really big offensive line next year. So I'm excited to see what it's going to be. Sorry about that. What's the benefit? I'm I'm very interested in seeing, you know, what the benefit of having that massive offensive line, how that's going to pay dividends late in the season, like that because that that ability. I told. I talked to you about something that Tommy did, right? That he probably did because of the massive offensive line he had. You're part of this how, year, Bama? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how he went to unbalanced lines. And I was like, yo, how many times did Notre Dame really go unbalanced when Tommy was there? And I was like, well, offensive lines never were really massive. Like we had good players, but just never had that massive offensive line. And you started talking about the future and how massive the offensive line could be at Notre Dame. It, 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 like you said, once again, that's something Jared Parker is going to, his creative juices are, should be opened up yeah. by having. I mean, when was the last time we Notre had Dame a Dame had center? two. A big center? That's, I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, Braxton Cave was strong. He was right. only like 305, 310, but Nick Martin wasn't very big. Mustafer wasn't very big. Patterson was not very big. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I, I thought Notre Dame had a big offensive line twice, 15 and 17. Because in 15, you had Stanley and McGlinchey at tackle. You had Quentin Nelson and Alex and, and um, Quentin Nelson and Steve Elmer at guard. And you had Nick Martin at center. So the center wasn't real big. He was like 305, mm-hmm. 310. But you were big at guard and you were big at tackle. And then 2017, you know, especially when you were trying to run the ball and you had Tommy Kramer in the game at 6'5", 315. You had Alex Bars before his injury was like 6'5", 325. Mm-hmm. You know, Mustafer was 305. Then you had Quentin Nelson at left guard at 340. And then you had McGlinchey at left tackle. So those are the two times. And those happen to be 
the two best offensive lines Notre Dame's had in the last decade. The 2020 team had some decent size, but they weren't quite as big. We had Aaron Banks, but you know Eichenberg and Hainsey weren't massive guys. They were 305-ish mm-hmm. type of guys. You know, but that that the 15 and 17 lines were very big. Very big. Last year's 2022 offensive line was pretty big. When you think about, you know, the, your tackles were big before Blake lost even more weight. You had Josh mm-hmm. Luggett guard, you know, and, and so you had some size there as well. But this is this has a chance to be, like you said, Sean, a big, long and massive offensive line. And, and what's the whole point of that? When you get into the late and you you talked about it when you get into the late October and November, you're going to be able to bully people. Mm-hmm. Alabama for a good chunk of this season was a very mediocre offense. Very mediocre offense. And their offensive line was underwhelming for part of the year, but they just kept they had some younger guys, true freshmen, mm-hmm. redshirt sophomores, they had some redshirt freshmen, they had some younger guys. And as those guys kept getting better and better and better, I mean, I'll give you the numbers, guys. From Ole Miss to Tennessee, a span of five games. Bama's rushing attack went for 131, 191, 193, 23, 177, 138. And then in the last four games of the of the regular season against LSU, Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn, it went for 288, 159, 315, and 192. But they weren't world beaters, and they had six, four, and five rushing touchdowns in those games. And, um, you know, they had the weirdest stat line against Georgia too, because if you actually look at their rushing numbers, only rushed for like 114 yards against Georgia, Mm -hmm. but they just bullied Georgia. I mean, just absolutely bullied Georgia in that game. And uh, you're hoping that that's what Notre Dame can bring to the table in this game, in this, with this offensive line in time to where, when you look at it by the end of the year, your hope is, boy, we got a chance to be, Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good when the season's over with. And you start getting kind of excited about it. You really do. So, Sean, that's going to do it for this part of the show. We are going to just do answer some some uh, some super chats here. We just got six of them, and then we're going to get going. So no mail back today. But I just wanted to pull these up. Nate, Andy Milton fan, super chat. Thank you very, very much. Great to have some IB community time today. Love unexpected shows. Go IB. IB community equals the best community. Hashtag BK sucks has always sucked. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Anthony Solomon, super chat. Thank you, Anthony. Gentlemen, thank you for the show today. Sean loved the LL show today because you're pulling a double header today, Mr. Davis. I am. We appreciate that. We appreciate that very much. Yeah, I called Sean earlier, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm coming on with you today. I was like, <laughs> let's do it. Yep, he knew I was fired up. He he, he said, I said, he said, you're calling me because you're going to do a show today, too. I said, well, I am doing a show today, but that's not why I'm calling you. But he he knew. He knew. Michael Les with a super chat. Thank you, Michael. Is Logan Diggs going to be back to LSU in 2024? I have no idea. And honestly, and I don't mean this disrespect, disrespectfully, Sean, I don't care. I, I I think Logan's a good kid and his mom strikes me as a really nice lady, but I just, I was kind of over the whole, is he going to leave or not leave stuff at yeah. Notre Dame? And I think he's a talented back. I, I stopped caring about whether he was or wasn't going to transfer, be unhappy or whatever. Once he left, cause I just kind of got tired of it, you know, and uh, he, you know, he wasn't happy at Notre Dame. He's not yeah. happy at LSU. You start kind of thinking, you know, may, maybe they're not the issue. Mm. You know, perhaps a little uh, bit. 
I remember hitting you from the 2023 uh, blue and gold scrimmage. Like, what is wrong with this kid? Because of interaction I saw on the sideline. I'm like, yo, what? Like, you're right. Like, there's nothing that's going to make him happy other than making himself happy, right? And exactly right. Make He's got to make the decision to say, hey, man, life's not perfect. But you make the most of it. That's the reality of it. And um, you weren't happy at Notre Dame. You decided to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Make the most of it, young man, because you got all the ability in the world. Yeah. Just go, go, go be you, right? Trevor Rocket with a super chat. Thank you very much, Trevor, our Canadian friend, one of our many Canadian friends on in our in the uh, IB Nation here. Sean Trevor says, "Good evening, lads. I'm late to the show. Great to hear Jagus all starting the bowl game. What what's the projected starting five in the O line? Brian and Sean, thank you for the IBLL. The last 16 months have been super tough. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, and hope that Lindsay's doing well and still battling. Of course, um, you know we're continuing to praying for your wife mm-hmm. and what she's going through. We appreciate you." Uh, I mean, we kind of talked about that earlier, Sean. This super chat came in before we mentioned it. You know, it's Jagas left to right, Jagasaw, Coogan, Craig, Shrouth, and either Baker or Wagner, and then potentially a battle at left guard as well would be my hope. And if Pat Coogan genuinely wins that battle, great. If not, be willing to make the move. But now all of a sudden you say that there might be a little value to, to Coogan being that starter or, or Rocco being that starter because it would be nice to have a guy with a little bit of experience kind of next to Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, next season as well. And then Raymond Harton with a super chat says, Jagasaw, go Irish. Mm-hmm. And then the last one from Trevor Rocket as we wrap up, Sean. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Hashtag Lindsay Tough 2024 with I being lucky lefty and Indy getting back to O-line U status. Brian and Sean, can you give me one player each stepping up in a bowl game? So let's do one player that we hope steps up in a bowl game, Sean. So I'll let you start on offense and then I'll give my offense and then we'll go defense. So Who's the one player above all others that you hope steps up in the bowl game for Notre Dame? I'll go ahead and take Jalen Sneak. I'll go off the board a little bit. Offense? I'll, oh, for offense? Yeah. Um, let's see. One of the young tight ends. I'll take uh, Eli Rare. I'm going to go – I want to go with one of the running backs because we talked about running backs. I'm going to yeah. go with somebody else. Last time we were in – so the Sun Bowl, there was a receiver that stepped up, kind of went off, guy by the name of Michael Floyd. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jaden Greathouse is Michael Floyd, but I have a feeling Jaden Greathouse is going to kind of come out and, and have a mm-hmm. big game. I just have a feeling he's going to have a big game. I think we're going to see him outside to the field in the Z. I think we'll see him some in the slot as well. But I'm really hoping that that he can be a guy that comes out and breaks out. That's my prediction. I could easily go with one of the running backs, Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price. I think Eli Raritan is a good one. I'm hoping Charles Jagasaw looks like a future, you know, the the next first-round pick, right? You know, because he's a guy that has a chance to continue that high draft pick type of stuff. But, you know, you could talk about Steve Angeli and all that. But I'm, I'm really I'm really hoping and predicting that Jaden Greathouse is going to finish the year on a very strong note. So, hey, look. All these portal guys are great, but I'm still that guy, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a – I mean, we'll talk about this offseason, but Jaden Greathouse emerging is huge for this team because huge. of the guys they've landed so far and the guy that I think they're going to get, those are really good football players. I don't know that they're necessarily – holy moly, they're taking over football games. They're really good pieces on a on a, on a puzzle. I think I still think Jagasaw is the guy that they have that has the best – I'm going to go out there and, and be an eight catch, yeah, 
110 yards against Florida State kind of guy in that big game. And, um, you know, so I, I'm hoping that he, we start to see a little glimpse of that here in the, the bowl game against Oregon State. And then defense, Sean, you said Jalen Steed. Go ahead and explain yeah, Steed, why you see that one. Amaris Leofow, I think he's going to finally have the opportunity to say, yo, this is my job, and I think he's going to step up and prove. And then he knows it's not like he's just getting the job and he's head and shoulders above the guys behind him. He knows. Like, there are some guys, like, at my feet, like, coming. So this is my opportunity to show that I can put a stranglehold on this position going into the spring. I think he's going to make some big time plays and, and run all over the field and show how I, good he is. I hope so. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna now become Chandra's favorite uh, Notre Dame analyst. You might have been before, but I'm about to become it. I'm going Christian Gray. Mm. That's where I'm going. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be playing a ton in, in place of Cam Hart. He's going to be going against, um, you know, Anthony Gould's going to sit out, but Silas Bolden's still going to play. They're going to have some other receivers in that game. I just have a feeling Christian's going to come out and just, you're going to be like, man, I love Cam Hart. Cam Hart was that dude, man, for Notre Dame. He was so good the last two years. But just mm-hmm. like Audric, man, me being excited about this kid doesn't mean I didn't love what that kid did, right? And Cam Hart was special. And your hope is, is that Cam Hart could have left his mark on the program. And I've heard a lot of things about the kind of leadership Cam showed in mm-hmm. that room in the entire defense and the team this year where it's like, boy, maybe you wish you could have had that for just one more year. Right. And, and loved what I uh, heard about all that, but that leadership is then going to say, I'm going to leave my mark even when I'm not there. Mm -hmm. And Christian Gray is going to take that mantle and say, this is the standard cam set. It's now up to me to live up to it. And and I think he's going to do that in the bowl game. And I'm excited to see what, what Christian Gray can bring to the table. Now, It'd be also awesome if it was like a Josh Burnham or a Bubakar or something like that up front. It would be great to see one of those young guys breaking out. You're going Jalen Sneed. I'm going Christian Gray. So those are our breakouts for the bowl game. So that's going to do it, folks. Those are the Super Chats. And uh, we appreciate all y'all being with us. Good crowd on a Saturday night. We thought we we, we said we're going to probably be a little under two hours, and we're now about 50 seconds past two hours. Uh, but we were very, very close, Sean, very, very close. Thank you all for being with us on this uh, this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Saturday night. We appreciate y'all. We're all very blessed to be here to this evening, and I appreciate y'all being here with us. We're going to be back on Monday, 1 o'clock, with a Notre Dame football mailbag. So we'll continue to answer all your questions then. For Sean, I'm Brian. Folks, do us a favor. Hit that like button, subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so you know when we're doing special shows like we did today. Subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review if you're listening via podcast platform. And as always, sign up for the message boards at boards.rxbreakdown.com. Got a lot of questions I'm going to keep answering this weekend in that football mailbag. If you jump on the board, you can ask those questions. And I'm gonna, y'all are going to keep me busy all weekend answering those questions. I just know you are, and I'm looking forward to it. So for Sean, I'm Brian. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody. And we'll see you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.